0: Hello and welcome to The Spectator's Americano podcast, a special series of discussions about the biggest political event of this year, the 2016 US presidential election. My name is Freddie Gray and I'm Deputy Editor of The Spectator. Today I'm joined by Marcus Roberts, who is International Projects Director at UGov, and we're going to be talking about the third and final presidential debate and discussing whether the whole race is over and Donald Trump has in fact lost. Marcus, I think it's fair to say that Donald Trump last night had perhaps his last big chance to really score points against Hillary Clinton and embarrass her and and change the momentum back in his favour and i think it's fair to say he didn't do that would you agree
1: i think that is fair what's important is not just the post debate polls such as yougov's result showing that 69% of voters thought that hillary clinton had excellent or good knowledge of policies 40% for trump mm. 68% thought that all candidates should accept the, the the result of the election and that overall 49 to 39 percent of voters considered that she won. All of those numbers are interesting enough, but they're not as important as the reality of what's actually happening in the election right now. Nearly two million voters in America have already voted. What that means is that Hillary Clinton's leads, as reflected in the polls, are currently being reflected in actual votes. Over a million voters in battleground states have already cast their ballots through early voting. So the leads that every major reputable polling company on the planet is reporting right now that is polling America, Of a Hillary Clinton significant win are being reflected in votes. And that all goes extremely well for Hillary Clinton and extremely ill for Donald Trump.
0: Is this why uh, we've been hearing that the Clinton campaign are now targeting states such as Arizona, even Texas, Colorado, Nevada that have lent Republican? Could we be looking at a Clinton landslide and actually a a reshaping of the American political map?
1: Well, there is definitely a landslide watch going on right now, and it'll be interesting to see how that forms out. I think that it's fair to say even the most ambitious of Democratic Party operatives consider Texas to be too much of a stretch this cycle. In eight, 12, or 16 years, perhaps Texas might turn blue if Democratic demographic favorable trends continue, but not necessarily this cycle. Arizona is more interesting. That's certainly possible. But what is really fascinating is Utah. Utah is by many indices, the most Republican state in the union. And yet the fact that we're even discussing it as a battleground, shows you just what a poor state Donald Trump's Republican Party is in and how in the ascendant Hillary Clinton is.
0: And in Utah, there's been a strong search for the independent party candidate, is that right?
1: Oh, very much so. And I think that it's more likely than not that McMullen wins Utah now rather than actually either Secretary Clinton or Mr. Trump. Once again, throwing yet another spanner in the works of Mr. Trump's path to 270, which at this point is is pretty close to non-existent as is possible to be.
0: Yes, I think Steve Bannon last night saying that, uh, or, or certainly one of the campaign managers last night saying that Trump needs a comeback. And in fact, do you think that by the very act of talking about whether he will concede defeat graciously or not, there's actually a sort of implicit understanding in the Trump camp that they are losing or indeed maybe have lost?
1: Oh, very much so. I mean, what you see in terms of the shuffling of deck chairs On the titanic of the good ship or bad ship trump as the case may be is absolutely fascinating you have kellyanne conway donald trump's ostensible campaign manager tweeting during the debate as to what lines she is claiming credit for as if she's using twitter and the presidential debate to burnish her cv in advance of a new job search come november 9th meanwhile you've got steve bannon the chief executive of the trump campaign Uh, and also head of Breitbart News, the uh, largely alt-right or far-right media organization in America, arguing that the future of Trump is likely to be Trump TV. And a great deal of speculation exists that a lot of this stoking of fires around resentment of the likely uh, Clinton victory to come is about building that audience and laying the groundwork for Trump TV under Bannon's organisational leadership with Trump as the figurehead.
0: And do you think there's a sort of sense that the wider public is starting to realise that this campaign was perhaps a bit of a trick all along and that actually it was all about publicity and possibly for the last few months has all been with this Trump TV project in mind?
1: Yes, David Axelrod, President Obama's former communications strategist, has a a very telling phrase about presidential elections. He says that they are MRIs for the soul, and that they reveal the true nature of the candidates running for the highest office in America. And what this campaign has revealed, be it in the allegations and comments on video around Mr. Trump and women, or be it in Secretary Clinton's somewhat secretive nature, but nonetheless very professional and determined public service attitude, that she has demonstrated in each debate and throughout the campaign Mm. is who these people really are and the American people have judged accordingly. And that's why, while Secretary Clinton isn't necessarily hitting 50 or 51 percent in all the polls, it's probably why Donald Trump is stuck at 38 to 41 in the national polling right now.
0: Yeah. But I would say that this race seems unique in that Clinton hasn't really had an MRI of herself. She's various points in the debate last night. I thought there were times when a talented candidate could have really attacked her over the WikiLeaks scandal again over her emails. But Trump's attacks just sort of landed all over the place. To what extent do you think we've seen the real Hillary in this campaign?
1: Well, that's an interesting point, because I think one of the mistakes that all of us who follow every twist and turn in this in this race can, can fall into is in following every twist and turn and not realising what it is that really matters to voters. So we might be interested in the candidate's particular positions on Mosul. We might be interested in the candidate's particular handling of the Supreme Court answer. And yes, I accept that there are some voters for whom those issues really matter very much. But for the larger body of voters that will actually decide this election what matters tend to be the more gut moments of the debate. So Donald Trump saying she's a very nasty woman is going to resound far more greatly with voters and affect a far larger number of voters than no end of policy discussion. On Secretary Clinton's side, her very strong and staunch defense of abortion rights, for example, is something that is going to resonate more importantly with, with large numbers of female voters. And remember... In all of this, it's a turnout game. Hillary Clinton needs to turn out the Obama coalition of college-educated white voters, female voters, ethnic minority voters, and young voters. And that's why you saw her hitting the particular notes that she was hitting last night. Donald Trump has to appeal to a much larger pool of voters, and it just doesn't seem like they're there.
0: I think it's very interesting you mentioned the abortion part of the discussion, because I thought that Clinton spoke more adamantly pro-abortion than any presidential candidate we've seen. I mean, Obama vacillated and was ambiguous about abortion in 2008. And Clinton is, I mean, obviously, is very pro-choice, but to be that explicitly pro-choice in a presidential debate, I thought it either showed that she's now so comfortable with her lead that she feels she can make her position clear, or that she's far more radically progressive, if you like, if like the word, on the issue of abortion than, than people thought.
1: Indeed, there's been a remarkable change in American politics. If you think between the time her husband ran for office and on the issue of of abortion or, say, gun control and how she is running for office on those issues. And I think you're right that it probably is something to do with her own personal view of the issue and her own personal comfort level with regard to her polling lead. Mm. But it also reflects the changing nature of the Democratic coalition. And to be blunt, the smaller role... That white, blue collar, socially conservative, if economically progressive voters play in that coalition. And that opens up these opportunities for her to play to a more liberal stance on issues like um, a woman's right to choose and gun control as well.
0: Yes. I mean, a lot's been said now that culture wars, as they were in the, in the 90s and noughties, uh, are now dead. And so debates on these issues don't really actually make any electoral impact, other than Clinton can signal to her followers that she's progressive, and Trump can signal to a certain part of the Republican base that yes, he is just about proved life.
1: Yeah, they don't make a particular difference with swing voters, I think it's fair to say, but they do make a difference in terms of turning out your bases. And base turnout is what's going to determine an awful lot of close races in both the House and the Senate. And so that's why both sides were so keen to signal to their bases their their true blue or true red credentials in each of those
0: respects. And what can the polls tell us about Trump's base? Is it completely different base to the normal Republican coalition? Is it a sort of mix and match of Trumpists and Republicans?
1: The polls show clearly Donald Trump started with 40% share of the Republican Party that he could consistently win in the primaries. And in a multi-person, multi-candidate field, that was Mm. usually enough for him to win split primary votes. He has basically expanded that into the equivalent of uh, 40% of the American electorate by simply magnifying his positions out onto a larger scale. The problem is, as the polls indicate, he is somewhat capped on the ceiling of that level of support. It's very difficult to find a poll that shows Donald Trump over 45 or even at 47 percent, the level that Mitt Romney achieved four years ago. The reason for that probably in, in sort of British Brexit terms might be that Donald Trump has proved to be more Nigel Farage than Boris Johnson. He's proved to be more of a Marmite character who has his absolute cult adherence, but also a larger pool of voters out there in the country who reject him, rather than Boris Johnson, who has, say, the uh, the ability, as demonstrated during the referendum campaign, to simply reach more voters and persuade more people to join a bigger tent. And because Trump has never managed to break through, he has been left stuck with a narrower coalition of voters than would have otherwise been possible and been open to him had he managed to appeal to a larger number of people.
0: Well, I suppose the last question now is... um do you think there is any black swan or any major event or revelation that could swing this election back in Trump's favour, or do you think it's, it's done?
1: It is possible, of course, that a further October surprise will occur, although this is already proven to be the most surprising of all Octobers in presidential politics. That possibly even even a, a great historian like say a Robert Caro could remember.
0: Yeah.
1: But what is telling about the next eighteen days is just how many people will have voted before election day comes round. And with every day that passes without another black swan occurring, that is another day towards a Hillary Clinton presidency because of her extraordinary advantage in the early vote that is already occurring in battleground states, and thus her ability to bank votes in advance of, of any particular or future possible black swan.
0: Great. Thanks very much, Marcus. That's very interesting. And just a reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes anytime. Thanks very much for listening. Please listen in again.